0: Okay. Now take a seat. Well, let's go over why you're here because you seem to be a little confused on the situation.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. But what 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 are my options here?
0: Op options. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I don't uh I don't understand.
1: Come on, man. My options, you know, like in police academy where I can train to <laughs> train to join the force to turn my life around.
0: You did all this because you wanted me to send you to police academy
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah of course just like in the movies you know
0: (laughs) uh son you killed seven people in a subway parking lot in the middle of the day you're going to jail probably forever oh Hey everybody! Welcome back to another episode of Critically Optimistic. Uh, I'm your host Mac. Joining me is
1: Jenko. Hello, I'm I'm here. (laughs) No fuck. (laughs) So
0: that's that's our first bit of news is um, because we said we were going to start off the show with news, but yeah.
1: No, true. I've uh, unfortunately been under the weather last week. Uh, Still. Getting over this cold, so if I cough or sneeze anything through this episode, that's the reason why. Yeah, we'll also do our best to edit it out if we can.
0: Um, but yeah, I what's up with you, Janko? What have you been up well, to?
1: Well, nothing much. Uh, I've just been watching a lot of movies, basically. Um, well, la- last episode we mentioned my 31 Days of Horror uh, list and uh, i'm glad to say that i actually managed to get through it all in according to schedule so that was that was a fun fun pleasure and yeah uh, i was uh, uh really proud of you jojo i thought that was really cool yeah thank you and it's uh it's nice to have challenges like that i uh, was also i was f- at first considering if i would have a noir november but i think Maybe it's best that I save it for another month a bit later on because having two months after each other, where you have a scheduled programming of what you're going to watch might be a bit tiresome after a while. So, um, But still, I, I, I at least try to watch at least a movie every day. Yeah, no, that's good. I've been the complete opposite.
0: I've hardly watched anything just because I've been so swamped with uh, my schoolwork. As well as family no. life and stuff like that, but I mean, it's all for a good cause, and it won't be forever. So I just got to put my friggin' nose to the ground and do it right.
1: Oh yeah, definitely for sure. And once once it once it's done with, you have all the time in the world to uh, go back to movie watching. so Hell yeah, that, that that isn't going anywhere.
0: I don't even know what the last thing I watched was besides the films that we're gonna talk about. Um, is there any other news that you wanna update the folks on?
1: No, nothing that I can think of. Um, I feel we've been quite updated uh, on our Twitter page.
0: Um, Mm, Yeah, definitely. We're going to have to do a little bit of plugs here. So follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Um, We're on a lot of platforms now. I wouldn't say every platform, but we're on Google. We're on Spotify. We're on CastBox. We're on iHeartRadio, I think we're on. Yes, that's right. We recently switched our hosting server. Not that it's really too much of a big deal to listeners, but it's exciting for us because we're still learning, and uh, I feel like we're getting
1: better every time we do it. So, absolutely, I do as well. And it's it, it can only go one way. <coughs> Excuse me, it can only go one way, but upwards, and uh, that is the feeling I get from our from from our uh, podcast so far.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely feel the exact same way, and I'm super excited that this is even a thing I get to do now, um, yeah. even if it's just to define my skills in, like, sound editing work and
1: becoming a better speaker in general. Oh, yeah, no, that's fair, and judging from, I mean, you're a great sound editor, <laughs> judging from the last episode, so you <laughs> you definitely have a, a, lo- a knack for that. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I love doing
0: it, so... It's uh, something that I'm going to just keep on doing. But part of the matter is, though, that um, we are pressed for time. So the one episode a month is going to basically be, in effect, starting from this podcast. Um, And then after that, we're going to do our Christmas episode. And then we'll go into January. And for January, we're going to do the theme for that is going to be... Uh, VHS uh, is a kink
1: yes I'm looking very much forward to that finally getting to Cronenberg and, uh, that's been on my list for a long time uh, did I accidentally spoil the movie <laughs>
0: <laughs> no but it is a little teaser as to what it's gonna be oh so yeah. I... <laughs> we're we're going to jump right into it but before we do once again please leave a comment subscribe to us, so that you never miss one of our episodes. Or the last Tuesday of every month, easy to remember. And we just love to have more followers because we want to be more involved with you guys and making the best show possible. Absolutely, I couldn't said I couldn't have said it better myself. All right, so let's jump right into it. The theme we picked today was actually picked by you guys. Um, surprisingly enough, we did yeah. a Twitter poll. And we had a great number of responses. It was neck and neck with VHS as a kink and our favorite comedies. And fortunately for those who want to listen to us talk about our favorite comedies, you're going to get that in this episode.
1: Yeah, (laughs) definitely. And uh, the movies we have scheduled for today are Wayne's World and uh, Police Academy.
0: Yeah, we don't have a crazy gimmick when it comes to this theme. It's very straightforward. But one thing's for sure is we both have a strong probably, connection to each of them. Uh, yeah, we, as... yeah. The, it's a nostalgia kick, I, I really yeah. think.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Um, so we'll let Jar Jar introduce my favorite comedy film, because I think it's more appropriate this way, and uh, it's one that I've loved ever since I was, oh God, probably like seven, I'd have to wow. say. Yeah, for (laughs) it's it's I've seen this movie a lot. But yeah, you you take it away, All
1: Alright, yeah. Uh, we'll jump right into that and that is not under than Wayne's World. This
0: is definitely the type of place I'm gonna get when I move out of my parents' house. It's God. I love you, God.
1: If she were a president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. It's a movie. We're not worthy! We're not worthy! Wayne's world. The premise is, when a sleazy TV exec offers Wayne and Garth a fat contract to tape their late-night public access show at his network, they can't believe their good fortune. But they soon discover the road from basement to big time is a gnarly one, fraught with danger, temptation, and raging party opportunities.
0: Yeah, that's uh, Wayne's world in a nutshell, really. It could even be summed down to uh, a <laughs> smaller uh, little synopsis than that yeah definitely but yeah uh, for anyone who hasn't seen wayne's world um it stars mike myers uh dana carvey carvey i cannot say
1: his name uh, so, yeah it surprisingly has a lot of as a great cast of uh, actors like even even ed o'neill has a cameo in this or a, a bigger role than a cameo but still a small small part
0: yeah Well, we'll start off with saying, so this is my favorite comedy, and some of you might be like, yeah, Wayne's World's such a great movie, some of you might be like, ah, it's kind of lame. (laughs) Um, One thing for certain is, if you like Saturday Night Live, you probably like this movie, but it's weird, because I've seen this movie first, right, and I didn't know about Saturday Night Live when I was that young, and... I know the connection now. Um, Jar Jar even reminded me because I forgot again, and <laughs> it doesn't seem like it even matters. You know what I mean? Because it's doesn't it's really own, know no, it's own it's its own entity, and it's funny enough as its own thing. Um, but obviously, as I get older and as I try to define my taste in film, we both saw flaws because we watched this together. Actually, when we were watching these films, that's right. What did you and... think of Wayne's World*? Uh, Jar, Jar? because oh, yeah. I mean, everybody kind of knows this was my favorite comedy. So,
1: oh yeah, no, like it's, it, it's definitely a movie I appreciate a lot. I, um, it, it is a movie I've seen quite a lot of times, and last time I saw it has been a couple of years ago. So it was very nice going back into this in a more critical mindset. Uh, I do feel a very, I, f- I also do feel quite a strong nostalgic connection to this movie as well. Um, but I do agree with you that it, it it is a it isn't a flawless movie. There are some issues, but they really aren't that big. They are more a nitpicky part on my end. Uh, but still, still a very solid movie.
0: Yeah. Well, I think um, I think when I watched it, rewatched it with you, like we still both of us were laughing. I, I'm pretty sure almost throughout the whole film. Oh yeah. It, it is funny, and they have great like bits in the in the film um but there's things you just kind of watch now especially with us getting older and you're just like like one of the biggest ones that i said was like man if i were to remake this film or when it was being made like someone must have been like mike myers and and (laughs) dana they're really um they're kind of old to be playing these roles you know and i get that they're kind of like these dropout guys who haven't really made much of their lives but in the same sense it's it's a little bit like uh it kind of feels like the the demographic should have been a little bit younger and especially when you (laughs) watch this in a more high definition um setting as opposed to when we watched it like in vhs you can see all the wrinkles in all (laughs) of their faces and it's just kind of funny
1: yeah no definitely i agree
0: um well we could talk about more or less great cast of characters and actors that were played in this film both yeah. music celebrities and just Saturday Night Live celebrities as well too because we have one of the first film appearances from oh Chris, Chris Farley right Chris Farley yes thank you very yeah. much yeah Chris Farley making his first time appearance on the big screen here and it's really great to see him even if it's just a small small role oh yeah uh, definitely Obviously we've already said the two main main characters, but we also have Rob Lowe. Oh um, yeah. Meatloaf has a
1: small cameo. Mm-hmm.
0: And Rob Lowe actually was quoted in saying that uh, if it wasn't for this film, he didn't think that his career would have had the jump start that it needed.
1: Oh really? Wow.
0: Mhm. Yeah, so he, he that's why he kinda shows up in the Austin Power movies too.
1: Oh yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love those moments in Austin Powers where they have like short cameos of um, of uh, celebrities. Um, I was also very surprised that Lee Turgeson is in this uh, film. For any people who are very knowledgeable about TV shows, he ha- was the main star in the HBO show Oz, uh, which is a totally, com- totally different role he plays here than compared to Oz. Uh, there he has a story arc and a two. <laughs> It was very nice nice to see him because I don't usually see him in a lot of movies. Yeah. Is, uh, that's uh, Terry, the camera guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, those guys, they're such a big sort of... I wouldn't say they're a vital role to the film, but they are quite entertaining to see when they are on the screen. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> because they're such characters of the time that the movie's kind of taking
1: place in, which is yeah, uh, 1992. Yeah, I also like how this whole movie is kind of like referencing a lot of TV, uh, like a, a television. What would you call that? Like it, it spoofs on a lot of television culture, and I mean that is the main premise of the film, where it it, it just is uh, almost like a spoof of the TV era. You could almost say.
0: Yeah, it's this film doesn't suffer from a lot of other comedies because it does it it did it in a way where it almost became timeless and i think it was accidental um because its jokes still make people laugh even if you're like i don't know what the heck that's from because it's just it's just a funny bit and oh yeah it was probably funnier back then because everybody got every single reference that they were making but even now it it doesn't really matter because it's like the, the bit was just funny alone by itself
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, what,
0: one of the other things... Sorry to cut you off there, Jojo. One of the no other problem. things that I love about this film, though, is the intimacy that the film provides. Because you don't get that with comedies very often, but there's an intimacy the film provides by breaking the fourth wall all the time, and the only people who could break the fourth wall... Well, it is Wayne and Garth, but I think there's... Other people who could break the fourth wall, and especially at the end, I mean, everybody breaks the fourth wall at the end. Yeah, true, but it's
1: (laughs) nice. It's definitely a um, nice—I don't know if you would call that a gimmick, but it—it is a nice thing to have in this movie because it—it does give a sense of intimacy, as you were saying.
0: Yeah, um, and it's kind of nice because the film ultimately—it's about them getting. Like they, they have their hopes and dreams put into the show and then they think they're going to make it big and uh, it starts kind of tearing them apart. If you think about it, this film is kind of a a bromance. In a, in oh a yeah.
1: Definitely. Um... I wouldn't
0: say it's the most solid bromance comedy in the world, but it is. It is a bromance to a sense. Yeah. But if you think about it, the time that Wayne and Garth are apart, I swear to God, it's like not even five minutes <laughs> until
1: they make <laughs> up again. So... Yeah, no, true. Would you say that this movie is part inspired by Bill and Ted?
0: Oh, it's hard to say. Because I almost want to say I like Bill and Ted more than Wayne's World. Yeah, yeah, But sure. I wouldn't... Because w- w- one thing that Jar, Jar and I talked about is... When we were picking our favorite comedies, we didn't want to go into subcategories. Because Pil- Bill and Ted, to me... Is not a straight comedy. It's a it's a comedy sci-fi adventure, mm, and yeah. we didn't want to go down that route because then it, there's just so many more films to choose from. It's a harder choice. We would just went for pure comedy, and what Wayne's World is is it's just a it's a basically just a pure comedy. It has a storyline in it, but the whole time it's just set out to make you laugh. And then that's yeah,
1: it. absolutely, and I I totally get that um, reasoning, and. Uh, yeah, that's why I chose Police Academy as well.
0: <laughs> Actually, I don't know if you realized this, uh, Janko, but when we were watching it together, I was kind of like I was taking into account like when we were laughing and when the film tried to get serious. And I think it's only a matter of like 10 minutes that the film tries to take itself seriously. And I think the only reason it does that is because it's like, well, we have to kind of somehow move this plot somewhere <laughs> so oh right <laughs> very true <laughs> they had to tone it down just for like a second yeah <laughs> what would you say is your favorite bit of the film oh I there are like many
1: there are so many to choose from obviously the bohemian rhapsody scene is a classic i uh i just i just think it's a perfect uh cinema build-up and uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, so the
0: whole the whole time we were watching that uh, film, I kept pointing out different scenes to you that I loved. Yeah. So you know a majority of them. But the Bohemian Rhapsody one, I pointed something out to Janko right. that <laughs> when they're singing the slower verse in the Bohemian Rhapsody song and Wayne and Garth are both looking at each other singing, you could see Mike Myers knows the words. But <laughs> Garth doesn't <laughs> yeah, mouth the words at all. He's he's just mouthing like opening his mouth up and down like a puppet. And <laughs> I always thought that was a bit. And when Janko and I were doing research for our films, uh, I found out that that wasn't a bit. He didn't actually even know the words to the song. <laughs> so <laughs> it just it just made its way in. And it, it's funny because it's like that wasn't a bit it was just a scene in the movie but to me that's like one of my favorite scenes because it's it's just it suits his character so
1: much you know oh, yeah absolutely absolutely I couldn't, I couldn't agree more and it just works so well even if it's just a small detail oh <laughs> uh, yeah it's it's, and, it's such a great one oh another another bits i love is uh whenever ed o'neill is on the screen and you like it, it He kind of acts like uh, this very intense guy, almost like a serial killer. (laughs) And I just love when he talks into the camera. And uh, Ed O'Neill is the donut shop uh, worker.
0: Yeah, uh, Uh, yeah. Ed O'Neill. He's actually he's the other guy who breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Ed O'Neill does a really great job in that uh, this film, (laughs) even though. It's it's funny. Uh it's funny because the whole I don't think a lot of people realize if you're not Canadian, but the idea of the donut shop that they go to is literally just a big parody on the chain Tim Hortons that's really famous right. in Canada because we have Tim Hortons literally every corner in Canada. And um it's it's also like Tim Hortons was a famous hockey player. And so oh, that's right. that's the parody Wayne's World is making. I have to imagine that Mike Myers somehow, you know, was like, this would be pretty funny because I I think he's really the only Canadian in this movie. Um, is Rob Loke Canadian? I have no idea. I, I don't know. know either, but why do I want to say he is? Let me check that real quick. No, he's quick. an American actor. Let's just oh, cut goodness. that bit right out. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Well, yeah. yeah like uh, there are like small small moments I just appreciate in this movie, especially the ones involving um Garf when he um when he says to the camera guy, "Hey, what's that over there?" and then he scutters off. I just find that very hilarious. <laughs> and uh I think the ending works uh with the uh oh, let's do the Scooby-Doo ending. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> yeah, the, the ending really does work in the sense that it's like it's just as nonsensical and fits with the rest of the tone of the the film. Mm. But it, in a, in a way, it could still try to end what it's doing, you know. Oh
1: yeah, for sure. But I but I uh, do appreciate all the the jokes here are very memorable, and I, I do think they aren't exactly dated because. We just rewatched it, and it's still as funny as two or five years ago. So it's um, it's it's a great written comedy, uh, that's for sure. And all the gags and jokes are quite memorable. Um, mm. And like uh, there are scenes you can automatically think of when you when someone uh, when someone mentions uh, Wayne's World, and that's that's just uh, wonderful.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, and there's great. Um, you're right, you're right you're definitely right with that because all of the scenes still make me laugh a, ma- a majority of the film is just great like, when we look at it with a critical eye you can see that there are things that just don't hold up as well as they used to or it had pacing issues which is actually one thing I, I mm-hmm. have a, a problem with in this film um, yeah. the pacing issues is probably the biggest part I have uh, where I'm. I'm just not enjoying that bit of the film anymore, um, mm-hmm. but they they just hold up with great bits, and I think that's the thing that always makes this film rewatchable because you go back to it and it's just like like those st- stupid YouTube videos you can watch now where it's just like meme compilation and you just watch it <laughs> and it makes you laugh forever because it's like someone just took all the best things they could find. And it just makes you laugh for a solid 15 minutes. And this oh, is just yeah. the, basically the equivalent of that, except someone put in a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, <like> <laughs> well, one of my favorite scenes is obviously one of my favorite scenes is the where they're in different places and then they're in Delaware. I always thought that was really funny. <laughs> um, yeah. The one uh, I love tremendously a lot is the advertising scene. Contractor, no.
1: I will not bow to any sponsor. Oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's, a, like, it's a great way to set up um, a, a gag in the film. Um, yeah, it I, make make it, it just makes it more like uh, it, it. It makes it more. Um, oh, how would I describe that? Like it, um, it, it. The mo- like it's very self-aware, and I love that. It's um,
0: yeah, they definitely self-aware, and it's also a great
1: way of
0: putting in ads in your film you know like in this sense because it's a comedy film they probably did have some sort of contract to put those uh those product placement into their film and they did it in a really creative and funny way like it, it's oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's such a memorable scene i love it um what were your issues with the film jaco uh
1: mainly this time around i realized that i wasn't a As fond of Cassandra, the person who's played by Tia Carrera, I I thought her acting was a bit bad this time around. And I noticed I had a huge gripe with that character for some reason, mainly because I felt that it was slowing the movie down. Um, Okay but it, it it's not a huge problem but it's just something i noticed this time around but i do i do notice the pacing uh, same as you mentioned where it just at times it just feels a bit dragged out feels a bit long and uh, it's not maybe something that should not remember but uh, when you yeah well back it's, to
0: <sighs> it's not really a long film so mm-hmm. that's kind of the problem with that because it's not it's not like it had to be longer, and it's not like it had to be shorter. It's just mm. the, the film's rhythm at the start, it, it, it's good at hitting all the beats that it wants to hit and taking the audience through Wayne and Garth's life. But then once we start getting to the, I guess, the the problem that Garth and Wayne have to face, it wraps it up almost immediately if you think yeah, about it. it and that's yeah, really no, where the definitely. pacing starts because it's like it, it's the setup setup oh there's
1: a problem 15 minutes Eh, it's all done yeah <laughs> i'm also also i think uh, well, uh, it focuses too much on rob Lowe. um i find those scenes a bit boring but still just a nitpick uh, but honestly i don't find any other main major problems with this film i i like uh russell the the tv producer he's i think he's a funny character no yeah I he
0: he for... has uh weird growth <laughs> his character yeah arc. yeah <laughs> <laughs> where he starts off as this really high-end like a uh, tv producer and then all of a sudden he <laughs> he just wants to be part of the crew yeah which is, which is sweet if you think about
1: it oh it really is yeah <laughs> like uh like they um Like, they grow on him, and he wants to get that same uh, friendship or camaraderie, I guess. Yeah,
0: camaraderie, (laughs) that's that's the right word to be using. Um, Well, we should probably mention that the director was Penelope Spheres. She, I I mean, if you're like, who's that? It's probably the right thing to say that. Not saying that she hasn't done really good things, but it's more things that I saw as a kid. So, like, obviously she did Wayne's World. Uh, She didn't do the second one. But she's done films like The Little Rascals, which was made in 1994, which is a film that I actually saw. God, I must have seen that film a lot. I don't know why, but I know I did. (laughs) Yeah, I've actually never seen it. There's a quote in that movie where the kid just sings about having two pickles, and I don't think I'll ever get that friggin' song out of my head. But she's done things like Senseless, which is a movie I do remember being in like the movie rental store um hmm. starring uh, David Spade and uh Marlon Wayne oh yeah and there she did black sheep uh, she's she's done other stuff but none of it's none of it's anything that anyone would really remember like she did the Beverly hillbillies right. movie.
1: Yeah, I also see that she did uh, Suburbia, I've heard that's a somewhat great movie but I still haven't seen that one either. Yeah, I
0: haven't seen Suburbia either I'd watch it, but...
1: Yeah, for sure
0: I'd love to know how she came about directing the movie to Wayne's World
1: Yeah, I mean, does she have any SNL work prior, maybe? Good question, I'm not actually sure it says best known
0: f- as a documentary film director so
1: oh okay Wow. there you go yeah I mean, yeah she did did one for Megadeth I see or music videos for Megadeth and uh, I mean I, I noticed that a lot of directors start out that way where they just make a lot of music videos um, that's just a digression no, you're right.
0: Uh, it's a it's a digression in the right direction though because there is a lot of music in this uh film, Wayne's World.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Um most of it only comes from the what's her name? The um most of it only most of it only comes from uh Cassandra. Cassandra, yeah. She did perform all that all those songs. Those she's a trained singer, so Yeah. Uh, it's something I noticed every single time I watched the film. I just never looked it up until basically now.
1: Yeah, it's fun when you when you realize new stuff. It's um mm. it's the pleasures of rewatching movies. <laughs> you
0: know, is there anything like interesting that you noticed throughout the film where it was just like something you didn't notice before but you noticed this time? while watching it?
1: Mm, nothing that comes to mind, really. There was one moment I... Uh, uh, there, there's a scene where Garf, Where you see Garth actually sure built a robot. God. I'm thinking about giving Vanderhoff a weekly interview on the show. How would you feel about making a change? We fear change. Like I don't understand why they push that a bit further because it's only mentioned in one scene and it would be fun to see what Garth does in his free time
0: yeah it's just, I think that's kind of the joke that I've always loved uh, every time I watch this is that Garth is a
1: secret genius oh right yeah I mean I, I, it works <laughs> it, it definitely works if, if, if that's the way they push that joke but for sure
0: yeah and I also love the drumming scene uh, with oh. Garth because that's real that i think that's some of the reason why this film works uh, so well is because like we said the bits just hold up and it's always funny but every time the film switches away from the comedy aspect into like mm. the more musical side uh it's always real you know oh yeah yeah true it's always real Definitely. and it's always enjoyable. I know you didn't enjoy her singing as much as I did,
1: but I mean, I th- the, the singing wasn't bad. Uh, I was more, I I I noticed I was more bothered by her accent she has in this movie because it's fake. Uh, yeah, it's very fake, and she's what uh, she's Hawaiian, Hawaiian. Yeah, so she's she Hawaiian. she should be able to speak proper English. So it's like,
0: but it obviously it's not. Because it's
1: written into the film. Yeah, no, true, fair. Uh, but uh, but uh, my favorite character is without a doubt uh, Garf. Uh, um, it's just a character I can easily relate to, uh, just because I can see myself as being the the type of person that is a bit pulled back, is a bit uh, shy, a bit, but but still has uh, has a lot of heart and is uh, just great character and. Yeah, I've, I've always loved Garth uh, since I was a kid when I watched this, and he'll still remain my favorite character of this movie.
0: Yeah, no, I I love Garth as well. I think he's definitely one of the better parts of the film. Um, I like Wayne's character too, but I think every time I watch it, I end up liking Garth more and more and more.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, every problem that happens in this movie is because of Wayne's fault. Yeah, it's his ego getting in the yeah, way.
0: Right. Yeah. Which is almost reminiscent of the actor who plays him, Mike Myers. Oh, right. <laughs> true. Being a notorious um
1: a-hole. So, yeah, it's a shame a lot of comedians are aren't that good people.
0: Yeah, um To get back to the question I said, one thing I noticed about this film, I I never really questioned before, is multiple times Wayne states that he lives with his parents. And you are in his house at, like, uh, here and there, you know, throughout the film. Hmm. You never see his parents. (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: true. (laughs) That's
0: one thing, you you think in a film like this, they'd easily be like, oh, here's my parents, you know? (laughs) And maybe there was a scene like that, I don't know, but... Uh, and it got cut or something like that, but they, it never gets shown. And I always, I yeah. just this time around, I was like, "That's kind of weird," you know, like because you could <laughs> easily right. say, "I get that the bit is like he's a he, he's a moocher who's just you know he's not making any money. He's just trying to do this thing, and he lives with his parents." Um, yeah, but you never see the parents, so it's like okay, you could have easily <laughs> just made it that friggin' Wayne and Garth like live together or something like that.
1: Yeah, no, that that's true, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's the only thing I, I really noticed this time around. I was like, where
1: the hell are the parents?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, like, people are running in and out of that house, like, friggin' TV executives are just <laughs> running through <laughs> the front door going yeah. downstairs. So, I just thought that was an interesting thing. Yeah. But, yeah.
1: Uh, what would you give the film, Jojo? Um, Judging by how nostalgic it is to me, and now, this is hard uh, because, I don't know, I, I, I kind of feel an inkling because it's a comedy. I'm not allowed to rank it that high, but I I think it's a fair four uh, on my end. Okay. Yeah,
0: that's kind of where I'm laying. I can't see myself ever giving this film higher than a four. That's the yeah. way I look at it, is uh, a four out of nostalgia just because... But that's what it's always going to be. If someone came to me though and they're like, "Man, that's only a three-star film," I'd mm. probably still be like, "Yeah, I could see that." You know? Yeah, definitely, absolutely, yeah. But it's a four to me because it makes me laugh. Like it, it does its yeah. job, which absolutely. is absolutely quite clearly. It, yeah, yeah it, and it it really is at the end of the day just purely comedy. It says music as it's kind of sort of subgenre as well, but it it is just it's just a comedy through and through.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, we could talk about the trivia now if you want. With yeah, film. let's go. Yeah. Let's Are you excited to hear to some trivia?
1: I am. I am. You usually seem to find very good trivias. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first thing is the Alice Cooper scene.
0: Um, When he came to set, he was under the impression that he would perform musically, which he does in the film, Um, and then upon arrival, he was surprised to be handed an entire monologue to memorize and shoot with a small amount of time to do so. (laughs) Uh, But the reason why they had that all is because he's known as a history buff, so it wasn't really hard for him to remember all that stuff. Oh, wow. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, I... I I always enjoyed that Alice Cooper scene. I'm not the biggest Alice Cooper fan, but he always seems like a pretty stand-up guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Um, Another thing about the Bohemian Rhapsody opening is Mike Myers fought for the inclusion of the Queen song, and uh, Myers even threatened to quit production if he didn't get what he wanted. This is also going to be a little bit of a trending theme here of Mike Myers (laughs) getting really upset if you uh, did something. That he didn't <laughs> want to do. <laughs> when, this one's is just a little short one, but when uh, Wayne and Garth are on the hood of the car watching airplanes fly over, and Garth asks uh, if he ever thought that Bugs Bunny was attractive as a woman, like wearing clothes. Yeah. Um, the laugh that you see Mike Myers do was for something else that he said that just never made it into the film, but oh, okay. the laugh that um, Mike Myers gave off was really fake. So he's just like, I'm just going to take the real laugh and push it with this one.
1: By the way, like, uh, there's another scene where they're on the hood of a car. Uh, I wonder what what Garth is shouting when the plane flies over their car because it sounds something very vulgar and offensive. <laughs> um, Another no- piece of trivia here is
0: the scene with... Wayne's ex-girlfriend giving Wayne a gun rack apparently was an experience that Mike actually went through um, and oh. he put it into the film but his ex watched it and she was kind of mortified to see herself portrayed like that especially when they call her a psycho hose beast <laughs> oh, right. so you know, allegedly that uh, he phoned her later to formally apologize but okay oh wow I see. Um, another thing, too, was... Yeah, here's going into the other Mike Myers stuff. Originally, he didn't want to share the limelight with uh, Dana. Wow. Yeah, he wanted to do the whole movie by himself. Oh, that which could be very arrogant. Yeah, could you imagine, though, seeing that? Oh, that would be much worse. <laughs> it
1: wouldn't, wouldn't be as good. Like, uh, Garth is easily the... the found Is a. It, is it, good foundation of the movie like it's uh it, it helps supporting the movie in just the right way and yeah I, I can't imagine uh seeing a movie with just Wayne as the character that, that wouldn't work as well
0: um yeah no definitely apparently Mike Myers said filming was a blur because his father's health was dwindling at the same time of the shoot um oh. and yeah, I guess it was just wasn't a really good time. Because you got to think with all the other stuff, too, with all the, all the stuff you hear about Mike Myers and how he got upset on set over the littlest things, stuff like that, um, maybe kind of plays into what he was going through emotionally while he was filming this. Uh, yeah, fair. That kind of makes sense um, in hindsight. Um, the rest are just what they are but I think we've covered all the major ones. Nothing really too crazy. And I mean, there's not really a lot to talk about with World. It's just a Mm. really good comedy that has a lot of well-put-together bits and a decent story that keeps you entertained.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: I definitely would recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Because it seems kind of impossible. Like, it's one of those films that everybody's seen, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, it definitely seems like it.
0: You know what's another scene that we never mentioned? And it kind of brings us into our next film, is when Cassandra was saying how she learned to speak English, which was through university and the police academy film yeah
1: like it was uh, like i never realized that the uh, connection i was like wow cool <laughs> that worked that worked out perfectly <laughs> you guys kick ass you're double Life gonzo intensity in ten cities live at Budokan. you know if you guys got a break you could really make it
0: yeah and if a frog had the wings he wouldn't bump his ass when
1: he hopped interesting where did you learn english college and the police academy movies.
0: Well, should we just switch over to our police academy films now? Yeah, that, that's a perfect segue. I love that. <laughs> um, all right. So we're gonna be doing police academy as Jar Jar's nostalgia favorite comedy. they Me. Does
1: the radio bother you? Fine. I can turn it down. Obscene. Each and every one of them striving to defend.
0: You make me sick. Thank you, sir. I make everybody sick. I see the thighs.
1: Or upend.
0: Come on, come on. I haven't got all day the thighs.
1: And now that they're ready for the real world, crime is no longer the number one problem. They are. Can you get my kitty cat out of the tree? No problem, ma'am. Police Academy. Uh,
0: why is it that you love Police Academy so much, George? I really It just
1: know. It's just a movie I've seen since uh, since I was in elementary school and it I've noticed that it, it is a movie I watch every year almost and it's just as the first time, it's just as funny whenever I rewatch it. And it has a great ensemble of characters uh, with many different perks and uh, personalities. And <clears throat> I, ju- I just love that 80s type of humor uh, that, that you have in a lot of these movies from the 80s. And it just, it's just a very feel good movie to me um, in that regard. Well, let's go over what it's about,
0: because this was the first time I watched it, So, and I didn't even know really what it was about. I mean, I'm guessing it was about a police academy, and in that guess, I wasn't wrong. So. <laughs> 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 but I think I was most excited to talk about this film, because I do have problems with this film, but oh, I, I did yeah. find it, it funny. Um, probably it it not has as problems. Funny, <laughs> not as funny as I thought. You probably thought it was, but, uh, there was times when I did think it was funny. Um, but yeah, so the film, uh, new rules enforced by the mayor mean that sex, weight, height, and intelligence need no longer be a factor for joining the police force. This opens the floodgates for all to enter the police academy. Much to the charging of the instructor instructors, not everyone is There, through choice though social misfits Mahoney has been forced to sign up as the only alternative to jail sentence and it doesn't take long before he falls foul to this boorish lieutenant Harris Uh, (laughs) but before long Mahoney realizes that he is enjoying being a police cadet and decides he wants to stay while Harris decides he wants Mahoney out (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's uh
0: that's police academy for you
1: yeah that's actually the, ca- that's actually the whole story <laughs> like
0: in um like in layman terms <laughs> yeah no mm-hmm. it really is um so my first sit down with this film i i didn't know what to think to be honest i didn't know what mm. f- to think i have <laughs> i have notes i wrote for the film but um nice
1: what was the first time you saw this film Charlie? oh that it's been a while ago i was in probably oh shit it was very long ago probably sixth or seventh grade and so yeah i was probably 10 11 years old maybe when i watched this <laughs> oh, okay and yeah so and like yeah and it's it's like a movie i've heard a lot of friends love and i uh, sat down and tried to uh, to uh, try it out for myself and uh, I died laughing the first time I watched it <laughs> it's just it's just a fun movie to get back to but I do agree with you though that it, it has many problems uh, many dated problems and uh, I realize now when I re-watched it with a more critical mindset it's really not a, it's really not a good movie but it's still it, 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 it even if a movie is nostalgic it doesn't have to be the best movie ever it's just uh, what type of connection you have with the movie
0: yeah well it's worth mentioning with this film that it had a crazy amount of freaking sequels and spin-offs
1: oh yeah yeah and i I've, I've actually watched them all and they aren't they aren't too bad actually except for the last one but um, i would recommend watching the 2 to 4 they're they're the best ones
0: yeah, honestly, as much as I didn't, like, overly enjoy this, I, I probably would watch the second and third, honestly, if someone was there to watch it with me, yeah. um or even by myself if I felt like I was really in that mood. I have lots of different critiques that I want to talk about with this film, but before we go into that, was there other things that you wanted to maybe praise about the film, or... um talk about with its cast
1: because there's a huge there is a huge cast and uh, like uh, I, I I feel a lot of these uh, actors do a great performance especially uh, Michael Winslow as uh, Larvell Jones who does all the sound effects himself and that's kind of his quirk and I just uh, like he is the highlight of this film series and <clears throat> it's just I just I, I just I I love his stand-up act and it's great that they incorporated that into his uh, into this these films. Doesn't have that many known actors, but I I still feel they they do a good do a quite good job. I'm not too fond of Steve Gutenberg. I'm not the biggest Gutenberg fan, but I thought he was okay as Carey Mahoney and uh, GW Bailey as Lieutenant Harris was was great.
0: Yeah, I thought I thought Steve Gutenberg did a good job at Um, he he played the character really well that he was supposed to play, which was just this... Yeah, he's charming. ...everyday, this everyday guy who isn't really fond of being told what to do, which is something that everybody can relate to. Oh, Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But yet he has his heart in the right place, and that's throughout the whole film, and it never really dissipates. If anything, it just becomes uh, more apparent to him as a person, and the person he wants to be in this film, which is a weird thing to kind of say about the film, because it's really just a stupid comedy film.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, true. And I also think uh, George Gaines as uh, Comedent Losard is a great choice. Uh, he he did. A, uh, he's also another highlight uh, throughout these films because he's he's also in all of them. Yeah, well with you saying
0: that about Michael Winslow, like I enjoyed him um, in the film to an extent. And then there Mm. were times when I was just like, why is this even in the film? (laughs) Like, because it really felt like it was that moment where it's like, Hey, I saw this guy uh, do comedy. He's really funny with these sound effects. Uh, He'd be great for the film. And then they they were just kind of like, well, let's just write him into this pre-existing script. That's actually what happened, by the way. <laughs> is that exactly what happened? <laughs> yeah. I had a. F- it's so obvious to me when I watch it, and like <laughs> some of the time uh, when you watch it, you're, you it's integrated well, and other times it's just like, why is this here? <laughs> it's not yeah. Like the character yeah. almost could have been written off completely, like by getting kicked out really early on. But I guess then you wouldn't have him in the other films. It's just a.
1: Yeah, no, true. They they could definitely uh, save him, uh, keep him from this movie because a lot of his jokes feel a bit forced. Like they are there just for him to have a joke to tell, and yeah, I I do notice those quite quite a lot, <laughs> especially well, when this I, time around.
0: The one I'm specifically thinking of is when the lecturer, what is it, uh, uh, not the commandant, but Lieutenant Steve. Harris. Yeah, Lieutenant Harris. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, when Lieutenant Harris is walking by the room and he's just pretending to play an arcade machine on his bed. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. And it's, I think that's pretty. That's the whole scene, and it's just pointless. <laughs> it's it's, just, it, yeah,
1: it, it's just the scene to. There's
0: no it's not even that funny you're just like
1: what is he doing it's like he's mentally insane you're just like what the yeah. hell's going on yeah true it's, it's just an excuse for him to call Harris an asshole basically <laughs> it's such a weird it's
0: such a weird scene that, that, yeah, that was no, when I started having like more problems with like why is this character even here and then I started to think about it and yeah ah uh, yeah no I, I definitely agree
1: with that <laughs> and but uh, yeah, l- let's um, uh, like obviously the biggest elephant in this room is this. This movie has a lot of a lot of gay fear jokes for some reason. Yeah, um, I wanted to
0: touch on that. I'm so glad that you actually brought that up because I wrote specifically in my notes here converting straight men gay. Yeah, <laughs> like which gay is, panic it, jokes. It's, it's a weird thing to put into the film, and I was kind of hoping too. That in the scene where, um, I can't remember what their names are, but the two, uh, the two cadets uh, who were in charge of making sure that everybody else's life was, like, hell, basically. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, Copeland and that other guy. Yeah, when they got tricked
0: into going to the gay bar, I was really hoping that it was, like, oh, they figured out that they're gay, and... they become, like, better characters for it. I was really hoping that that would be a thing because I thought it'd be really great and funny, Um, but it doesn't turn out, (laughs) that (laughs) way.
1: Right. I I still love that scene, though. It just works uh, perfectly. (laughs) Or not perfectly, but I I, I think it's very funny that they they deliberately told him to go to this place and they end up in a gay bar. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think they actually handled the scene pretty
0: well because they don't... Like, it's not like... It could have been handled... in a sense where it's just like you get off of me or something like that you know how they would have done it back then yeah. um but it was handled in a way where it's like you can visibly see that they're confused about their
1: sexuality <laughs> <laughs> yeah no obviously <laughs> so i mean that, i mean the, that was the same a, thing, a scene i enjoyed too yeah i mean the same thing happens with comrade Lassard too like he he thinks that he's getting a blowjob from a guy yeah <laughs> and then See, those like... are
0: it, it's weird because we put that as one of our problems but yet some of those scenes are the funnier scenes in this film
1: oh yeah true <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is that's a really funny scene but i mean yeah there are a lot of insensitive jokes here uh like this movie loves using a lot of uh using a lot of racist terms i guess and sexist. Um, the film sounds sex. pretty sexist. Oh, yeah. it's very sexist, yeah. Yeah, that
0: was the biggest one. If you had to put it on the list, it would probably be sexist, fear of homosexuality or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then it would probably be um, racist. But the film's not racist itself. It, I th- no. I really, because I, I thought about it the whole time I was watching it. It's more, the film has a self-awareness that the police are racist.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that that's right. Yeah. And it
0: plays it plays into that in the film, which is more or less unfortunately not something that's not aged.
1: Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Um
0: some of the other notes I wrote before we really get into the further sections of the film is the start. Um one thing I noticed right away is there's weird cutting at the start of the film that I I really Hated. um It oh, does this yeah. really quick fade to black in the middle of a joke, finishing, mind you. Oh yeah, I noticed that. That's right. I I really don't like, and it it didn't do it just like once because it does it the first time with um, uh, the janitor who's the gun nut. What's his name? As Tackleberry, uh, I believe. Tackleberry. That yeah, yeah, that's right. Because he goes into the room, he fires his gun, and he finds out it's like a surprise party for him getting into the police academy. <laughs> and they yeah. literally cut edit out the joke because the lady drops the cake, and before it even freaking hits the ground, the the they edit it out to the next scene. And it's like, why would you edit out your Joan joke?
1: Oh yeah, no, I agree.
0: Yeah, that it is would... very abrupt. And it, it, they didn't do it just once. Like, they did that scene was the worst, and then they did it again and again and again for every single mm. character, basically. Yeah. I didn't like that at all, which kind of leads me into one of the other things I had a problem with this film overall, like, almost basically from start to finish, is the film doesn't give you time to appreciate the joke. Oh, yeah, they, they are very rushed. I, uh, I, I do notice that as well. I think, yeah. I don't know if it's in due part to the director or if it was really just down to the editor that they hired for the film and he didn't have yeah. a good sense of timing for comedies but um yeah i didn't find like every time there was a joke and i was like i need it to sink into me and like have that like oh this this was a funny joke or something like i didn't have time because mm-hmm. it was just you're on to the next bit
1: yeah <laughs> absolutely one thing I appreciate with this film, though, is uh, all the characters actually get their arc. Uh, they, they they, get what they um, want to achieve through joining the police academy.
0: Yeah, um, more or less, uh, if you think about it. I have to say this, though, going back to the editing, by the mm. way, I'm totally right. Totally I'm, right about so, what? The editors of the film was Zach Steinberg and Robert Brown. So, guess how many other comedy films they've edited? None? Yep. None. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, one of the guys who did the editing did the editing for The Matrix, Matrix Reloaded, Matrix Revelations, or, Revolution, mm-hmm. sorry, I shouldn't say Revelation. My bad. Um, the other guy did editing for The Lost Boys, Lethal Weapon 3, um, The Client... Uh, The Omen 2, like, Hmm. none of them are comedies. So,
1: yeah, (laughs) uh, they're they're the complete
0: polar opposite of comedies, actually.
1: (laughs) They really are, yeah, (laughs) when you think about it.
0: (laughs) So, and they weren't used in the other Police Academy films, so I'm wondering if I would almost enjoy the editing more. Who knows, it's a hit or miss when it
1: comes to that. I, I i think you would uh i think you'd enjoy the other ones a bit more um, because the jokes are 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 done better and um uh i noticed because this is the first one that it it feels very rough and uh, a bit uneven around the edges and um, it is very noticeable uh, in comparison to the other films and uh, i'm sure you'll enjoy the second one uh, a lot more um
0: yeah, well, I, uh, I, I did write down here the second half of the film is enjoyable and improves in the editing. But I think that the only reason that that happens now, it almost kind of makes sense. The only reason that I started to enjoy it more is because it started becoming more serious and it had a stream more streamlined story, as yeah, opposed that... to just being uh, bits, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. That that it, it definitely after some point. It definitely picks up in the later half
0: yeah what's your favorite moment in police academy because i think i think i know mine maybe
1: uh i have i have quite a lot <laughs> my favorite uh, one of my favorites is when uh, there's a scene where it shows a uh, women's shower and and uh, Mahoney is standing outside drinking beer, and Lieutenant Harris comes in. And then after a while, they all spot him, and he just jumps and just uh, doesn't realize where he has to go. And it's just, I just, I thought that was a good setup of a joke. Yeah, and that, that scene, kind of... that scene baffled me quite a lot. Because
0: one, why would you put the women's shower down there with oh, all those windows? Y- and two, yeah. why would you get? <laughs> why would you get? scared like i get why you'd get upset <laughs> if someone was peeping on you but in the same sense you have all of the windows open
1: <laughs> yeah no i agree <laughs> and, and then another scenes i love are the ones involving tackleberry um when he does the shotgun training <laughs> i just find that very hilarious and uh wow i can't really um, think when i'm at, at this moment that's fine should we talk about the
0: aimlessness of the film
1: oh yeah yeah Let's because,
0: do I don't know if you think that it's aimless, but I think it's it's basically aimless for more than half of the film. Oh yeah, it really is. Um, there's not really any... <laughs> I mean, it has a story where it's trying to get Mahoney to quit uh, the police academy because he hates it. But... <laughs> if you took away all the bits in between that it that's literally like a what a 10 minute scene in total yeah
1: yeah uh, absolutely and it's just filled to the brim with just jokes and it's, characters
0: it's nonsensical sometimes um it is which kind of yeah. which kind of bothered me like I don't mind that but in the same sense when it's not going anywhere or mm. in relation to anyone or anything else um it just is too much i think for my for me to enjoy um mm. and also the cast was quite large where i just kind of didn't give a crap you know
1: yeah mm. i yeah definitely
0: you know one character we didn't even mention though that i actually kind of find found funny because he was just so on cue and it kind of worked with that you know comedy works in uh, a rule of 3 like every time you do something you do it in thirds and it's funnier oh yeah uh but that one character um what was it the uh, martine guy oh yeah george uh, george Martin. martine yeah i liked i love that one <laughs> scene where uh, I know. uh mahoney is like <laughs> hey george can i ask you something sure every now and then uh you seem to lose your Spanish accent. What's that? Yeah. Every now, every now and then. Can you keep a secret? Oh, yeah. I'm not really George Martin. I'm just plain old George Martin, fourth generation, Merkin. <laughs> I, I just use the accent to get the girls.
1: Uh, does it work? Yeah, true. <laughs>
0: That is a nice scene. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that scene. It was very funny. Um,
1: yeah. Oh, and I, I do I do appreciate some of the training. Uh, when they're doing the voice training, and Tackleberry comes behind Lieutenant Harris and says, "Drop that TV set before I blow your nuts off, hassle!" <laughs> I, I just I just love that scene. And um, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I I I agree with. i I agree with all your uh gripes with this film because it is far from perfect and um i i wouldn't say i love this film or think it's great in any way but it's just very nostalgic to me and uh like even then i i still would probably give it a low scoring but it's still fun to watch now and then well
0: i mean that's kind of why we started off this um episode by saying it's Almost purely nostalgia.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: That that drives a lot of the reason why we picked these films. Um, do you know much about the director, Hugh Wilson?
1: I, I don't, I really don't, but
0: I looked him up to see what else he's done and I saw <laughs> I saw he did the Deadly Do right film in nineteen ninety nine with oh. friggin' Brendan Fraser, and I'm pretty sure this is like one of the films that also killed his career. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've yeah, um, heard that movie is really bad. <laughs> well that and Yeah, yeah I, he I hasn't it done doesn't much. No, <laughs> he doesn't he hasn't done anything really at all. Uh oh, That's true. It is not a lot to say when it comes to that regard, but Really it
1: isn't. No. I um I noticed that.
0: Um Did I have anything else written here? Uh, oh, yeah, one thing I noticed is, um, when I was watching the film, I kept going like, is this filmed in America, or was this filmed in Canada? And then I would kind mm. of forget about that, because I was just, you know, paying attention yeah. to the film. But then it'd go back out into the street, and I'd be like, is this Canada? Oh. And I, I kept thinking that, because it's like, every time I see my home country, I'm like, well, I notice it right away. And then <laughs> when the credits were rolling, I was just reading them, and I noticed the credit said, um... Part in thanks to uh, Canada and Ontario, which oh. where it was filmed. Uh, I think it was filmed in Toronto,
1: actually. Oh okay, wow. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, no, I, I don't think they ever spe- specify which city they're in.
0: No, I don't think they do. Um, but I was—it was funny to notice that it was Canada because I was like, it, "Oh, it seems yeah. like Canada." It
1: is nice when you when
0: you notice stuff like that. Well, you want to know what gave it off to me? Was the architecture in the buildings oh. that they were in. Uh, they it's... had a very Canadian um, architecture. Oh, is,
1: is, is it significantly different than uh, typical American architecture?
0: Not necessarily, but maybe enough for me to notice. Ah, oh, right, I see. Like a I mean, expo- yeah,
1: that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, actually.
0: Yeah, and... Um, It was just one thing i noticed and i thought it was uh kind of interesting so
1: oh i also appreciate when uh, hooks finally um used her voice and uh don't move dirtbag i love that scene that's a good moment yeah
0: her story was really small yeah very short (laughs) like you could (laughs) compile that into five minutes (laughs) yeah well we should probably talk about uh friggin high tower oh yeah yeah a beast of a character yeah so he was played by uh bubba smith i don't smith. know if he's done much else he's probably been in more police academy movies
1: yeah i think he too is in all of them okay
0: yeah he's a big man that's for sure <laughs> yeah
1: oh yeah definitely <laughs> no but uh, I, he... I
0: i quite enjoyed his arc with the whole film i think that was actually one of my more favorite things because a lot of the characters in this film, all of their arcs were either really small and didn't have a, mm. a big payoff uh, or they were um, just not really that entertaining. Uh, but but with Bubba, it was him getting over, well, one, he's, a, he's more of a sensitive person and then def- trying to get around like his scary demeanor. And then two was, um, he's kind of dealing with that racism within the police academy. Yeah. um, Which ultimately concludes with him getting thrown out of the frigging academy for trying to defend (laughs) his, his race. But yeah, Yeah. no, Uh, yeah, no, definitely.
1: But he seems like the humane character um, of this bunch.
0: Yeah. Oh, and, the, his his comedy uh, bits that he's given in the film too, I, I thought were really funny as well, because it's it's more about using his appearance as well as, you know, he, he's, he manages to sort of deliver the comedy side of things as well, so. Yeah, absolutely. I quite enjoyed him.
1: Yeah, um, no, oh yeah, he's a, he's a good character. Um, I'm not sure what else to, to add, I, I feel like uh, We've, we've talked that about the most uh, important subjects.
0: Yeah. Well, we don't have to go um, super long with this. Do you want to go into our ratings? Because
1: yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that that's, it seems fine, and then we can go to uh, trivia afterwards. Uh, surprisingly, I um, after watching it now with a more critic eye, I easily give this two and a half stars. Are you but, serious? Uh, I'm serious. Yeah. But I still, uh, I still love it though. So you're gonna give it two and a half stars. Two and a half stars, yeah. But I wow. still, I still appreciate it so well enough that I'll, uh... no, may I'll bump it up to a free. Well, um... though the only
0: reason I'm saying that is because I had it in my head this whole time. I was like, I watched the film, and you mm. said it was your favorite comedy. I was like. And then it, it finished, and I said to myself, like, oh, I can't, I can't I don't think I can give this higher than two and a half stars. And oh, I was like, I yeah. hope I don't offend uh, Janko. <laughs> I, oh. think I really do- didn't want to offend you. But I was like, but I got to stick with my gut. And so, yeah, that's what I'm giving it to, two and a half. Yeah, I
1: think it's I mean, the highest I can go with this. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I, I, I clearly see the problems, and it's far from a great, great film. And... Um, you know what? I, I think I will also stick to my two and a half because it, it, it feels more right giving it that rating. But I, um, it still doesn't take away from me to rewatch this movie. Uh, we all have that shitty movie we love to rewatch, uh, even though it's shit. Like uh, I couldn't come up with a good example now, but we all have that one movie we all go back to. And uh, I, in hindsight, I kind of wished I picked a, a better film as my favorite comedy, but this one. This one actually came first to mind because I realized that I actually don't watch many comedies. <laughs> yeah, it's, watch <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a true thing to say. Um,
0: you know what? It worked, though. I think it worked better, though, because we got Wayne's World, whereas we we put that under the critical lens. Uh, even mm. with Nostalgia, it still came out with a four. And then we put this one under critical lens with Nostalgia, didn't hold up. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, Absolutely. So it was kind of a, a good comparison between the two sort of uh, films that try to do almost the exact same thing and how one was far more superior than the other.
1: Yeah. Do you have a favorite character, by the way?
0: Uh, In Police Academy? I yeah. don't know, to be honest. Actually, it's a good question. I don't mm. think I like the character enough oh, okay, to say... Yeah. He was my favorite, but if I had to go with one, I think I'd would, I'd would pick Hightower.
1: Okay, uh, my choice is easily Tackleberry, uh, just because I, uh, I I love I love his, like I I I find it hilarious. Like, why is he even in Police Academy? Like, when he's well suited to join the military. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's <laughs> that is a good question. I thought that too. Is like, why didn't he just join the military? Though, he could have uh failed probably like the entrance
1: yeah, exams and stuff. Yeah. I mean like that. It, that seems
0: accurate. That seems uh, realistic enough. Yeah. Like one of those characters who is super obsessed with the military but just can't join because <laughs> he's like unstable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um you know what it was one thing I wanted to mention before we get into the trivia with police academy is what there's a character in this film the one who's the accident prone guy Oh, I don't remember yeah. what his name is. You know the character I'm talking about, though. He's got oh, glasses.
1: Oh, Fac- Fackler? I guess so. Um, yeah, he's uh, very klutz and he uh, brings accidents all around. He didn't have to be written into the film. <laughs> no, <laughs> like he, he is the spark that ignites
0: the riot. <laughs> yeah, that's literally his only purpose in this film. Yeah, that's He true. just starts the story, or the, the conflict, I should say. Yeah, <laughs> I kept thinking that the whole time the film was rolling, and like there's a whole, almost like a half an hour, maybe no, not a half <laughs> an hour, but there's all a lot of times where you just forget that he's even in the film. Yeah, not true. <laughs> but yeah, so do you want to go over trivia? I want to hear. Yes. It, I haven't read it, and I'm uh, excited to hear it.
1: Yeah, the the guy who played the commandant Lassard. Uh, Michael George Gaines, uh, that role was initially um, uh, meant for uh, Leslie Nielsen. Okay. Um, But now that you think about it, uh, uh, George Gaines is kind of like a Leslie Nielsen type person. Um, So it kind of makes sense how they would choose maybe the second best thing. But it kind of feels very uh, Leslie Nielsen as his character. I feel like if Leslie was put into that role,
0: it wouldn't have been. It feel it feels like it's too small of a role for mm-hmm. Leslie. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, true. What else you got for me?
1: Well, uh, there were actually quite a lot of uh, actors who uh, who were considered for Mahoney. Um, uh, amongst these are included Billy Crystal, Tom Hanks, Michael Keaton, Bill Murray, Judge Reinhold. Jerry Seinfeld, Robin Williams, Bruce Willis, even John Travolta and Rick Moranis. What? No, not my boy Rick. But you know, I think uh I think Judge Reinhold would be a great cast here as Mahoney when I think about it. He uh he plays uh the partner in uh Beverly Hills Cop. Okay.
0: I think um Yeah, I think the we're fine with who they got, to be honest. It's like, you know, it's it'd be different if it was, like, a film that's super amazing, timeless, and you get to mm. play around with who could have done what. But with, <laughs> with Police Academy, you're just kind of like, oh, well, I'm kind of glad it probably
1: wasn't one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> also, this is the only Police Academy that is rated R. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've,
0: I remember reading, I think, that um this film didn't get played on cable TV often and mm. most people growing up usually only saw like two three and four um because they were the only ones that could play on TV uh this one was too heavily edited and it just never got
1: pl- played no oh, right oh um, I, I, I see here that Roger Ebert actually gave this zero stars. <laughs> oh really because oh he stated it was a would-be comedy yeah really, I mean that not that not only had Cyril laughs but didn't even try to make the audience laugh I could see that
0: I mean that's a harsh harsh take on the film but I can see it
1: yeah true <laughs> it's just oh. I think
0: it kind of plays into what we were saying earlier with the editing and the, uh, the like you can't appreciate a joke long enough to have it yeah. sink in so I can oh, definitely see
1: it. Yeah, very true. Oh, and I also see here that the director turned down Amadeus in order to direct this. And I he also know, wrote remember. it too. Oh, he he wrote the, the the police academy or Amadeus uh police academy co-wrote. Oh, yeah. it. Huh. So it's
0: kind of a weird thing. I mean, it must sure. have been a film that he was doing and the uh, director role was given to him, but he was like, "I want to do my thing." <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't, I don't find it. I don't have any other interesting trivia's here. There aren't really that many good trivia's about the movie itself. <laughs> well, yeah. Um.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think you're fair in in saying that. We we've said all we can about these films, and uh, for everybody who wanted to know what our favorite comedy films are there you have it so we put together a double feature of Wayne's World and Police Academy so watch Wayne's World and then when you don't understand it learn to speak English <laughs> with Police Academy but still watch Police Academy it's it's fun <laughs> <laughs> honestly i don't know if i would have watched Police Academy unless it was a
1: recommendation ah right but but still watch watch the second one and see what you think from that and uh, I think you'll have a much better uh, a- appreciation afterwards or not not of this movie specifically but uh, other ones after it yeah no definitely i i, I think I will but I mean yes. I mean uh, two three and four even have Bob cat Goldwife as, as a character okay well, and bad. he's fu- he's he's funny um yeah
0: well, we hope you guys enjoyed the uh, this episode of Critically Optimistic. We had fun watching these films. Usually, we always end up watching a, a new film to go along with the double feature, but this time around, we get to rewatch some old classics. To us, and uh, I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. What about you? Uh, yeah,
1: I, I I enjoyed it a lot, and it's very nice to hear your take on uh, Police Academy. And it was also very nice that we could watch. Uh, went well together and it uh, was a was a good good double billing i i think
0: yeah no definitely but uh anyways if you made it this far thank you so much uh remember to subscribe and uh leave a comment if you can depending on where you're listening um we hope you stick around for our december episode which is going to be a really good one probably won't give away any hints yet but you can well. probably guess what it's going to be about Yes, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this has been a Critically Optimistic uh, Movie Review Podcast. We'll talk to you guys later.